This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. We're right now, the bounty of pr- produce that's around is s- something to behold at Zupan's. Yesterday, I picked up some unbelievably juicy cherries, same thing with strawberries, and they have some really special pineapples. A couple of varieties there, one of them from Costa Rica, which are honey gold, and they are fantastic and they have another one which has kind of a pink hue to it which i did not get but i encourage any of our listeners to go in and try that we have talked about this we have uh, sung its praises for some time the produce department at your local zupans it's it's beautiful i did the exact same thing you did chris because we, we actually you and i met yesterday at the lake oswego zupans for a little meeting and then i don't know if you went in before me or or, or after our meeting but i walked in and i saw these gigantic white peaches and nectarines and all the, a, mm-hmm. like a bunch of stone fruit. So I was grabbing all of that because my, my daughters love it. And uh, it, it, you can never go wrong at your local Zupans when it comes to produce. So um, yeah. highly recommend you do that. And uh, one thing, you know, we've been talking about this event for years and we planned this meeting, not really thinking about it. On Thursdays at Lake Oswego, it's Burgers in the Breezeway, and I had the most delicious Bon Me burger. It was their burger of the week um, burger, but they have other burgers. Um, so if you live in the Lake Oswego area or you want to make a special trip on a Thursday from 11 to 2, um, take advantage of Burgers in the Breezeway. The fries were also delicious. Chris, I know you you, t- you partook some of those. I took a few of those, and you, you gave me a bite of your Bon Me burger, too. Yeah. Thank you so much. I didn't want a whole one for lunch, but it was absolutely delicious. And, you know, it's a nice setting there, too. They have tables outside in the breezeway. And, um, yeah, it's a good option. It's a good dry place. You can get a parking spot and go order a burger and then go in and get some pineapples. There it is. Three locations to serve you, including McAdam, Lake Oswego, West Burnside. And then, of course, we always recommend that people sign up for the news feed because then they can find out about the different specials and deals going on at their local Zupans. And, Chris, where do they do that? That's simple. Zupans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again, it's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It is right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures, and I'm co-host Court Johnson. And Chris, we should say that uh, this is not only Portland's Food Scene Podcast, but today we're jumping across the river, Vancouver's Food Scene Podcast. Well, yeah, but I consider that kind of the Portland market. You know, you and I are media guys, and that is the... You and I consider it that. I don't know if the Vancouverites... What do they call themselves over there? Vancouverians? I did actually reference it in the podcast, and Wendy said I was correct. So I believe I said Vancouverites. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I said something else. So, yeah, those people, some people, you know, want to segregate. So uh, Washington versus Oregon, Vancouver versus Portland. Um, We talk about mass transit and getting max over there um but 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 we're a little ahead of ourselves sure yeah why don't we just mention that we talked to wendy bumgardner one of my favorite people on the planet who uh lives in vancouver and she's an avid foodie and she can be found at loca vorigan l-o-c-a-v <laughs> look loca Vo- yeah l-o-c-a-v-o-r-e-g-o-n 
Loke of Oregon. So she can find be found there on Instagram. And Wendy eats around the world and, you know, goes to a lot of Portland food events. And um, I met her 12 years ago when she came to my first ever Portland Food Adventures dinner back in September of 2010 at Nostrana and continued to come all throughout the almost the, to everyone but the last one that we held when she was had some family obligations. So I used to actually call her to see what her schedule looked like before I scheduled any PFA event. But she's also been on, as we discussed, trips with us, and she's coming with us on her fifth time to uh, Sicily. So anybody who listens to this podcast and likes the banter between Wendy and me and finds that compelling enough to want to be part of it in Sicily starting September 16th, can may do so not anyone we have room for one or two more people because we've already kind of solidified our hotel reservations um especially a couple we'd love to have a couple come um so wendy is fantastic and what she does in this podcast boy talk about stretching this out is give us her some of her food recommendations for the vancouver market so in Vancouver itself, Vancouver proper, there's a lot going on on the waterfront, and she points it out and uh, gives us some suggestions. So, Court, this is a little bit like the old sound bites that we used to do. And as a matter of fact, we had Wendy do a Vancouver sound bite years ago. If people are a longtime listener of the podcast, they'll remember those sound bites from the uh, first couple of years. And we should always point out, Chris, you can always go back deep, deep, deep into the archives. And find those sound bites. Sound bites. In fact, those are some of the ones we've never really brought back. We've we've tried to bring well, back. Well, the some problem with those episode. is much like I'm sorry, I was stepping over you there. You're fine. The problem with those are much like <clears throat> some of the other interviews in our archives. They're no longer around, and so sure. some of those lists that people were putting out aren't necessarily valid any longer. I would say, I would venture to say that our food scene is extremely different than it was three, four, or five years ago. So to pull some of those back, we could listen to them and see if they're still valid or might, just have fun with them. Yeah, you know, but there I'm, might be I'm one thinking or two. Of when, when I'm thinking of when we did the steak tartare food crawl, um, I think all would still be there except for Atala. Oh, and Paley's Place, too. So... <laughs> Yeah, they would be, you know, as I think We're just about talking them, ourselves out of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's one that I could remember. The chicken, the fried chicken crawl that we did with Andy Krizza, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Let's I see think even that one would be tough. Yeah, I think all of them. Because I, think, I think Burger Stevens would be standing. That would be yeah, about but I, it. But I don't think they're, they're no longer down on the, uh, at the Pioneer Courthouse Square with their location there. And that was the only place for the uh, chicken sandwich. And uh, as far as I can tell, they're not doing it at their new spots. Oh, well, I'll check with Don. Anyway, we're off the subject. There's nothing that Wendy discusses in this specific podcast. I think that was around four or five years ago that she would have mentioned when she did her Vancouver podcast. So it's a complete update and it's nice because as people may or may not know, the Portland food scene has expanded to suburbs, which it never had done before, really, in a in a uh, um, noticeable way. 
Um, now all of a sudden you've got the grasses of the world going into um, Vancouver. And look at what's gone on in Lake Oswego. And Beaverton has seen some action too. I think given what life is like in downtown Portland, where a lot of restaurants were, and some other parts, um, restaurateurs are looking elsewhere to know that they have some consistency. And they got a, they, you know, they're pretty strong markets, I think. So um, it, it will be interesting to see what happens in Vancouver and how that grows, not only from a food scene standpoint, but just how Vancouver becomes, um, you know, how it grows over time with what's gone on in Portland. Did you see that Portland just made Times like best place to on the planet list? Yeah, I did see that. I, I, have, I, I saw the headline. I haven't uh, delved into the, the meat of the article, which I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see what their argument is. Well, what I did, which I often do now, is I read the headline, right? And then I went into the comments on Facebook to see what everybody said. Right. Which was, most people would say, did the, you know, was this writer here in 2015? Uh, or did they actually visit yeah. recently? So, um, anyway, it's, it's kind of a sad state of affairs. But yeah, I, I went to lunch yesterday at Flying Fish. And all was good. I could park. My car was still there. And it was a great dining experience, like old times. Right. So, um, you know, I do have a fear at night when I park my car. And the other thing is, which I used to do all the time, not in the summer when it was hot, but was leave my dogs in the car or dog and go dine and not even think twice about it. I would not leave my dog in a car in Portland right now for five minutes. I just, I love, I love him too much. There's, yeah. I just, the risk is there that someone would just find the value in this doodle to sell. So they well, certainly wouldn't it, want him as a companion. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think to bring this back around, I think that's part of the big reason why those people, whether it's Vancouver or, you know, myself out here in Southwest Washington County, that, that's why we're loving the fact that all these places are coming to us rather than us having to go to them. Right. I'm waiting for them to come another 65, 70 miles as the crow flies. Uh, you, 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 and, might, uh, you might be waiting a while there, Chris. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I ran into uh, a friend of mine while I was at Flying Fish, which is just always funny how I can be in Portland for two hours and run into people. <clears throat> and he asked me, what's new and exciting? Uh, where's new and exciting to eat on the coast? Man, I, I just don't have... There's a few in Astoria. But I don't have a lot of new exciting places to go here. So it's been a struggle for the restaurateurs on the coast. Although, you know, tourism is vibrant out here. But that's tourism. And, you know, tourism is mostly in the summer. Right. So um, it's, a, it's a struggle to stay, to sustain a place uh, year-round. But at any rate, it's a struggle now in Portland and elsewhere, all over the country with labor issues. So it's cool to see um, some new things going on, and it's great to hear Wendy. She, you know, she's a great writer. So when she describes these places, she was prepared. She had a list, and she was going through it. They weren't just coming off the top of her, her head. So um, it's a worthwhile listen for anybody who's interested in going to Vancouver. And I would also say she mentions the walking trail there, which doesn't have tents on it. And, you know, something someone can do to get away for the, for the day is go 
dine at one of the places she describes and go for a nice walk along the Columbia River. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's that's definitely a place if you haven't checked it out. We, we've been fortunate enough a little bit that uh, over the past couple of years, my daughters have dance competitions over in Vancouver. So we end up, it's easier for us to just stay over there. And so we've been seeing the building up of that waterfront in Vancouver and all these yeah, restaurants and, and hotels that are moving in down there. It's It's exciting. It's a good place to be. Yeah, the whole, you know, everything. Even yesterday, I was driving down Burnside and thinking, wow, this looks very different than it did five years ago. All those, mm-hmm. the big buildings, the big condos, everything's changed. A lot of new hotels. So when the city government does what they're supposed to do, which is provide a safe place for, safe, enjoyable place for people to live, uh, I think overall we'll be back to where it was. And, um, uh, but yes, a completely different scene, which now includes Vancouver. So let's listen to Wendy Bumgardner and me <clears throat> through a choppy, choppy um, technical experience. Hopefully, I know, Court, you're going to put it together so nobody would even know. Right. But um, look at this. Right now, this recording is working perfectly, right? I'm uploaded 99%. Yeah. There was, this was not the case the other day. I don't know why that happens. But this is a good little litmus test right here. It's great. And so are you. And so are our listeners. So enjoy this podcast. And uh, have a good July week. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupans Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years now, Ringside has been providing the best in steaks and has been the home for the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Now featuring dining in their updated dining room and al fresco in one of the nicest outdoor dining spaces in the city. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com and while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about the exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. Featuring the best chef-centric experiences in Portland since 2010. Go to portlandfoodadventures.com to see about the exciting trips our host Chris Angelus leads to places you have dreamed of going, like Western Sicily this September. It's time to stretch your international wings and expand your culinary horizons. Let Portland Food Adventures do all the planning to the best dining and culture all over Europe and elsewhere with Portlanders you'll get to know and enjoy. Portlandfoodadventures.com There you go. Hello, Vancouver. Hello, Wendy. Hello. How are you doing on a Monday morning? I saw you did a little bit of dining, which we're going to talk about in a little bit over the weekend. So that's cool. I went out for my walk because it's going to be hot today and circled the neighborhood and enjoyed a a smoothie on my patio. (laughs) Oh, very nice. I felt uh, I was just out right before we started uh, recording here, and I felt warmth in the air at 9.45 a.m. too, which is 
not something I usually feel out here. So, so yes, good that you got your smoothie in. Um, I'm not going to admit what I got in for breakfast. Um, but it, there, there were local delicious peaches involved. So, so that's good. Um, all right. Well, thanks for joining us. I thought, you know, the Portland food world has changed a little bit, and we'll talk about that this morning. Um, and part of that is a lot of movement by restaurants and restaurateurs to the suburbs. And you happen to live in a suburb and have been, for many years, making your way into Portland. And that's been the primary outlet for your di love of dining. And now, in Vancouver, you don't have to go as far. Yeah, Port, uh, Vancouver has developed several good restaurants, some that survived the pandemic and some that came along, you know, late in the pandemic or were just started in the past year. And so it, it's become delightful to not have to necessarily cross the bridge to have really great food uh, if you live in Vancouver. And for the people who live in Vancouver and work in Portland to, uh, after you fight the traffic <laughs> to get back to Vancouver, still have some great dining options. Well, also, you, uh, you know, you love your wine. So there was a time where you could, you could call up an Uber or a Lyft, and it was a reasonable amount to get into Portland and back. I don't know if that's changed, but I know that kind of, for me, looking that up in other cities, it's changed quite a bit. So that adds a lot, a lot to the dining dollar. Yes, it really does. It's I'd say the last time I, I took Uber or Lyft, it was up from what it was over a year ago, but not as bad as it was uh, during like February and March when it was just exorbitant. And you know, when you're spending twice as much on the Uber as you are on the meal that you're having, it's <laughs> really ridiculous. <laughs> Well, that would cancel it for me. I just, that would not be something I'd want to do. But it is one of the advantages I have over you because I'm not a big drinker. So I don't have to, not only do I not have to think about that, but I don't really uh, have to factor in the cost of a lot of wine in my uh, dining too much. So, but that's good because you enjoy that and that's part of your experience. And it's one of the things that I have always found. Um, fascinating about you is your love of f food and wine um, is has driven you all over the world and uh, you know you were have been one of the premier um, internet authorities on walking but you're also as a uh, local of Oregon um, an authority on dining too and I'm gonna say uh, full disclosure you know you've been easily Portland Food Adventures most uh, ardent. Is ardent the right word as a writer? Should I ask? Well, I think so. Supporter and an enjoyer over the years. So you've been to most all of the events and we're hoping to get back to those post-pandemic um, over the years. But mo and when I say most all, it's like all but one. And uh, you missed the last one, yeah. right? At Arden? Yeah. And, and we just used ardent. Ardent. So that is interesting because I just contacted Eric to say I think we should pick up where we left off and that's the reason to do it for you Yay. so we're gonna we're gonna get back to Arden for you I just realized yeah. that and, and so I really, 
Anyway, so of uh, I really love Chef me, Eric's I'll, I'll let you food speak. too. He is Chef Eric Von Clay. Yeah, oh, so good. Right, and and we've we've enjoyed that at a few. You know, you can enjoy that at Arden all the time. People used to enjoy it at Little Bird, and then before that at Le Pigeon, and along the way at Bar Casavala. He's been some great places, but we've done food events with him quite quite a bit. Oh, and let's not forget Taylor Railworks, which. <laughs> was one of my favorites back then. And we did the opening dinner there, too. That was pretty cool. All right. I'm talking too much, but I also wanted to mention, aside from those events, you've been with us to Barcelona, to Florence, just most recently to Basque Country with the folks at Urdaneta. And then upcoming, we'll talk about it later, you're coming to Sicily, Western Sicily, with us and Austrian sign in September. And if people like the banter between the two of us here, they can come and listen to it and join in. In Italy, we have spots available. But let's talk about Vancouver. What's going on there? You've got to have a list of favorites that are going on. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe there are some places that moved over from Portland, and maybe there are some that have just developed there. And I guess the riverside is a pretty happening spot now. Yeah, the uh, the Vancouver waterfront development is uh, really astonishing for those who have lived in Vancouver or visited Vancouver, and it's basically the area that's all to the west of the I-5 bridge. And the, there used to be the red line in at the Key, which has just recently been torn down, and then industrial area that was owned by the port of Vancouver. Well, it's been redeveloped into condos and hotels and business uh, structures that all have ground floor uh, dining venues and as well as uh, a couple of buildings that are just dedicated for restaurants, uh, upper restaurant and a lower restaurant. And now, I, w I was just there this weekend, and I felt like I was on vacation at a schmancy resort because I could sit outside and enjoy wine or beer and good food and tapas with a view of the river, view of everybody walking and biking and skating by on the trails that they've just made gorgeous uh, right in front of the waterfront buildings and it was just a relaxing delight so uh, i'd encourage anybody who would like to get some great river views and just feel like wow i'm really on a vacation and in a way you can't get portland does not have very many riverside dining opportunities they're just very few i mean the riverside the marina in downtown Portland and then Salty's on the Columbia, you know, are the only ones that really come to mind that are other than down in Lake Oswego, perhaps, or further down south on the Willamette River. And the oceanfront dining is very limited in Portland, too. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's only after the tsunami. I think, I think <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, no, it's funny. When I moved out to Portland, I thought I'm going to be enjoying a lot of uh, 
you know, water views, and I didn't really understand the geography as well as I should have when I moved out, but it's okay. But I also thought I was going to be getting, it was all going to be about seafood, and it wasn't, right? It's more about pork <laughs> than it is about seafood in the, in the Portland <laughs> food world. All right, so let's talk specifics about some of those places uh, on the waterfront. Well, on the waterfront, it, it is interesting because it's the first restaurants to go in really because they wanted to make sure they were successful, I believe, more than anything else because their larger restaurants are all uh, owned by uh, corporations, but they're small chains that are based in, in the state of Washington in general. So it's not that you're getting, you know, uh, Margaritaville or some place that's from somewhere else. There are places that do focus on the seafood and the the spirits and the things that are available here in the Northwest. So there's a really great seafood restaurant, Wild Fin, that has indoor and outdoor dining. And they are a small chain out of, uh, that also is in Tacoma, Renton, and Issaquah. And I've enjoyed their their seafood offerings there and they have a great cocktail menu and beers so one of the things I like there is their shrimp and grits that's one of <laughs> one of my favorite uh, things on the menu so and then right next door on the ground floor uh, is Twigs Bistro and Martini Bar and I've really enjoyed that as a place to go for outdoor dining and and they had a really good happy hour. I really haven't checked out whether how that's changed in the past year since I've been there, but uh, some very enjoyable options and really awesome uh, river views from the ground floor there. They have eight other uh, twigs bistros in uh, around the northwest. And then upstairs from Wildfin is Dosala's Latin Kitchen and Tequila Bar. And that is the place where you go for, uh, to have a party. You know, it's kind of the, the, the best place for a bachelorette party or, or that sort of thing because they really put on a, a, a party atmosphere focusing on the drinks and small plates. And so it's a little louder than I might like, but they do have like a really neat uh, bar that you can sit around that then they open it up all to the air and, you know, just have a nice time. Oh, good. So for my next bachelorette party that I'm planning, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be looking into that. <laughs> I'm sure your gal friends will invite you along. <laughs> yeah, gal friends? Do I have I gal don't know. friends? <laughs> Yeah, no, I got, I got a couple, including you. So uh, if you're if you're going to be doing one, I'd love to come. All right, so um, yeah, this is, more. This I just is interesting went to last hear. Last night, uh, or yesterday, uh, this weekend, I went to a brand new open, the Waterfront Tap House, which is also second floor above Twigs, and it has just tons of outdoor tables, and they are shade mostly shaded in the afternoon, so fantastic place to go for a variety of burgers, a real variety of bar snacks of various sizes, 25 taps, wine, mixed drinks, cocktails. So that'll be, a, I think that'll be the place I'm most likely to go back because I really like the views from the second story and the fact that they had so many outdoor tables that it'd probably be easier to snag an outdoor table. 
Nice. So that was, was, was that a new, that was obviously your new discovery and a pleasant one at that um, this weekend. Yeah. And there, a couple of hotels are opening up on the waterfront. One that is open now is the AC uh, Hotel, which is owned by Marriott, and went out to their ground floor uh, lounge. And it was just a delightful place to spend an afternoon having a drink, watching the river, watching the people going by, and just so relaxing. I really felt like, wow, this is this this is some a great place to come with a friend and just relax and chill out and enjoy the view. So, there also in that location there are now at least five wineries so it's a place where you could go and do your wine tasting crawl all within a two block area and <laughs> hit as many venues as you want arrange for your safe ride back home <laughs> or even stay at one of the hotels <laughs> well this is uh this is can you imagine a few years ago, you ha having this conversation and talking about restaurants and, and places to enjoy wine in this way in Vancouver, would you have ever imagined this? Uh, well, I, th I, I didn't because it was when I saw the plans for what they're going to do at the waterfront, I had hopes, but you, you know how many times the best laid plans just don't come out because there is an economic downturn. and. People, I mean, imagine if they were just getting started on building any of this and the pandemic hit, would they have gone through with it? And that, that right. would be highly doubtful. But luckily, it all got underway at the right time so that the corporations involved building out the waterfront stayed involved and, and got are getting the job done. Oh, fantastic. And the... If I understand, aren't there places like Lardo that have decided to open yeah. up locations yeah, over there? Yeah, I'm so excited. I keep seeing the Grassa is coming to the waterfront. So, I'm, oh right, it's Grassa. And I'm, I'm sorry. really excited about that. That I just love Grassa. It's it'll be a perfect when I go out for my walk along the waterfront and stop in for my reward for a lunch at Grassa. And some of their awesome pasta. Oh, that's the other thing. So even if you could go to a place in Portland, you don't have the same thing of a waterfront trail that now extends four to five miles to the east that you can walk or run or bike. So you can get in a fantastic day of exercise all along the waterfront which I will say does not have some of the litter and other problems that we unfortunately see in many of our communities in the area. And you can just have a fantastic time out there with everyone else enjoying the recreation and in a beautiful environment. So I'm just very happy that the city I chose to move to has got such a lovely venue to enjoy life in such foresight so if people are a little uh for a while until portland gets his act together hopefully uh but if someone wants to take that kind of walk they have they have an option they're not just shut out in portland nowadays so that's good to hear okay wendy you know we are in a new era and while there are some great new places open 
Um, we're finally seeing, I tried to lobby for this for years, but we're finally seeing a lot of great Portland restaurants uh, make their way into the suburbs of Lake Oswego and Beaverton, Hillsboro. Oh, Oregon City. Uh, <laughs> Canard just opened up in Oregon City. That never would have happened five years ago, I don't think. It didn't happen, so I think that's a valid statement. But now Vancouver's in that mix with some moves to the suburbs as well. Yeah, we got uh, Grassa is still planning to go into the new waterfront development, and I'm excited because I just love that pasta as a reward after a good long walk because we have four miles of water of, of riverfront trail in Vancouver, and so it's great to go out and walk, jog, or bike that, and now we can end up and have a great pasta lunch for a reward. And Roos Brewing. Don't you need, don't you need that, I'm sorry, don't you need that ahead of time to <laughs> no. load up on carbs for your walk? Uh, the night before, but yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, uh, the night before? <laughs> you're still, still just supposed to eat a light balanced dinner the night before, and then afterwards you can have a little protein and carbs as your reward. But another one that's- All right, but you can, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep stepping all over you here. No pun intended. But no, I mean, you're not running a marathon either. You're doing a walk. So you can cheat a little bit on what's prescribed in terms of carbs before a, a walk, I would imagine. Yeah, just have to be comfortable. Well, another place that came over from Portland to the waterfront development is Roos Brewing. And they have actually opened up a Detroit-style pizza, the Crust Collective, to go with their their uh, t brewery tasting room in the new waterfront development. And I was very excited about that. I really like that Detroit-style pizza, and so and having it with a wonderful, you know, craft brew is so much the better. There's. Uh, away from the waterfront, we've got some really wonderful restaurants that I love in Vancouver and downtown. And one is the Sedgwick, and I'm not quite sure where the chef owner Tim McCusker came from, but he just puts out this wonderful uh, tapas and cocktails and wine and beer at this uh, location that used to be the Tommy O's in downtown Vancouver. It's, they have the best coconut curry bisque that just makes me want to go back there again and again. And they're open for lunch and dinner, and they got inside and outside seating. But this coconut curry bisque is poured over lobster and lump crab meat. And it's just wow. the most fantastic small plate that you, you can have and then you can have some of their they have yakitori skewers and they got a real variety of other small and large plates to go to with it as well but boy that is just a fantastic enjoyable place to go for a lunch or dinner and then that'll lure me up there you know lobster will lure me anywhere yeah <laughs> another really cool place that i love is uh that I visited once is out in Camas. It's called Acorn and the Oak, and it is a flower shop and supper club, <laughs> which is the most interesting combination. But the uh, the uh, chef and owner they they decided to have this really wonderful combination where the bar looks like a speakeasy, 
and it's decorated with photos from The Shining, of the Overlook Hotel, and the cock. I'm not a a person that does cocktails a lot, but it made me, after visiting there once, just want to come back and hang out at the cocktail bar <laughs> and enjoy a cocktail in this little speakeasy environment that was just a blast. And they also have an outdoor patio, so uh, a reason to get out to Camas, or if you happen to live north of the bridges, just uh, give that a try some afternoon. And. Speaking of the bridges, may I ask, I'm sorry to interject here, what's going on with the I-5 bridge? I, you know, I'm not, I don't read the Oregonian anymore, so I would miss that. Well, they're still in the planning stages, and actually one of the latest things that came back is I believe it's the Coast Guard said, no, you can't make this bridge, new bridge too low. It has to be high enough so that more vessels can get underneath it which uh, frankly I think is just a brilliant thing. It's one of the things that killed the last plan that came along. It's like, why, why would you build a bridge that's too low for a lot of the river traffic to get underneath? Doesn't. What well, would be the detour? Yeah. There is no detour. Yeah, doesn't make any sense at all. It would, so, but that, that's the last thing I've heard on it. Certainly we, we need more options and I personally would be highly in favor of light rail, but a lot in the olden days, a lot of people in Vancouver were opposed to uh, Max coming to Vancouver. But the what's what's the alternative? And uh, they're talking about fast uh, the fast express bus service, or they've got. Uh, various things, but you know, I, I just think light rail needs to come to Vancouver, and one would hope that we've got a different mix of people living here now who might actually support that, but it's hard to say. No. Oh, so they it was the Vancouverites, is that what we call them, who were not interested in having Portland come their way. That was the that yeah, was, and, was and the, the issue. increased taxes to pay for it. Right, but there'd be increased tax, there'd be increased uh, sales tax revenue for sure. Yeah. That would come with that. Yeah. So, uh, listen, I'm not a politician and I'm not an e <laughs> economist, so I can't say. But, um, anyway, you know, I always thought that closing that bridge or, or building another one and creating a five year problem to build another one, I just, that to me seemed illogical. Um, but, what do I know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, everyone can just build great restaurants over here, so there's less and less reason I need to cross over the bridge other than to visit my dad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's, that's the thing. That's what we're talking about here. And on top of that, of course, we know this is all about you so that you can have an easier uh, life. And I'm, I'm glad to know you are a podcast listener, so you'll hear this. And you'll get this information uh, firsthand, the sub-firsthand. Uh, All right, so more. You were in the middle of that when I broke in uh, about the uh, bridge. There, there's a place that I really love that did a whole lot of pivots to make it through the pandemic. And it's uh, the Hidden House Market and Restaurant, which is right smack in the downtown Vancouver. It's in an historic house that was built by the Hidden family who, who produced bricks. So all over Vancouver, the brick, various old brick buildings were often made with bricks from the Hidden's brick factory. 
Well, the chef, Elaine Francis, I swear there's just nothing she makes that isn't absolutely delicious and hits my palate right on. And so Hidden House Market is mostly does uh, uh, sandwiches and salads and soups and dining snacks, but they're all really creative and kind of comfort food throwbacks, but with her spin on things that are just delightful. And you can eat there's, they're only open three days a week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, for lunch and early dinner. And you can dine out on the porch of the historic house or on the lawn or inside and enjoy. They have wine, beer, and spirits. So it's just a great place that I often meet my friends to have a, one of their sandwiches or salads and a great glass of beer or wine. and and enjoy it and plus it's just such a friendly spot to go to so uh, if you happen to be on this side of the bridge on one of those days it's definitely worth a stop in for a delightful light meal or if you live over here definitely make it a stop so those are are there any places that were around that have been around a long time that are still going strong like for instance uh, I remember when I had friends and went and visited over there, 360 Pizza was a place we went a lot. Um, but I don't remember many others. But are there any places that have been, that are Vancouver food landmarks that, uh, that people well, may not have known about? Well, and that's a good, good question. And maybe I'm not the one to definitely notice it, but... Uh, one that, that actually did really well that maybe, well, it's been around for over 10 years is Elements. And it used to be Willems on Main, but it's been Elements since uh, 2018. And for an upscale dining spot, it's one of, it's really a go-to place in downtown Vancouver. Uh, Miguel Sosa is the chef owner and they, he does a globally inspired cuisine, and everything is high flavor, which is my thing. I love high flavor. I'm not into, I'm not into delicate, <laughs> subtle flavors. I, I I like things to be really great. Uh, my favorite dish there is going for brunch on Saturday or Sunday and having the shakshuka, which just one of the best iterations I've had of that. It beats what I've had at Tasty, for example. <laughs> Very delicious. Yeah, and you can't get that any long. Well, you may actually be able to get that down in Salem, but uh, no, it, you can't get that anymore. So it's good that you found a great shakshuka. Yeah. Another place that's close to my neighborhood, actually, it's on Mill Plain, is Ben's Bottle Shop. And there I have found the pastrami Reuben of my dreams. And they... It, they house smoke, they make their own pastrami, house smoke it, they make their own sauerkraut. And I've talked to them and said, you had better never take this off the menu. And they said, no problem. We sell so much of this. It's definitely one of our top uh, food offerings. And Ben's Bottle Shop, just, it's a bottle shop, but they have, oh, 17 taps of uh, beer and plus a whole wall of coolers of every style of beer that you could ever want that you could drink there. They have indoor and outdoor uh, dining. And of course, it, it's informal, it's fun. They have sports playing when sports are on. They have special tap takeovers. So it's everything you could want in a neighborhood uh, 
tap house or bottle shop, but they also have the most awesome pastrami uh, Reuben that you'll ever have. I mean, I love pastrami zombie and sandwich in Portland, and it was my favorite before. Now, uh, uh, this is my favorite. Of course, it's a, a little different because it's a Reuben and not just a pastrami sandwich, but it is fantastic. And I brought several people over and they <laughs> said, you have to have this. <laughs> and they definitely agreed, this is great. It's in the same uh, little development they did uh, uh, that also includes Rally Pizza, and that is a place where a chef from Portland came over and uh, established a really, used to work for uh, Ken's Artisan Pizza, uh, Alan Maniscalco, <laughs> something like that, and his wife, uh, Shan Wickham. So they've got this really good pizza. I'd say it's not quite my style of pizza. It's really good pizza, but it depends on the style that you love the best. But what is great there is it's also an ice cream shop. And they make the most astounding sundaes and shakes and boozy shakes or just a dish of soft serve that is absolutely wonderful. So. I've got a couple of I could, places that I could actually do my exercise walk and walk there and enjoy a treat and walk back home. There's just a big hill involved. <laughs> well, also, I, I, if I recall, I've been to Rally Pizza to pick up some takeout, but it's a nice space too, right? It's a nice space for, it's large, if I recall, and um, nice for families too. And of course, that's a pizza, that's a pizza uh, undertaking is... Families, great place to go and order pizza and ice cream too. Yeah, so. it is good. They just don't have. They have a couple outdoor tables, but really they don't have a good outdoor dining space for them. You know, next to that used to be Smokehouse Provisions, but now it's a Thai restaurant. So you know, unfortunately, that, that's there's been such a loss of barbecue places because that's such a tough business model to keep going with rising prices because you've got to buy the meat, you've got to predict how much you're going to sell, you're going to make customers unhappy if you run out, or you're going to be left with all these leftovers, and what are you going to do with it? So, you know, I really feel for people that try to do barbecue right and this whole economic environment. But, yeah. Especially with the, co right, the cost of meat is crazy. Everything, uh, everything is off the, off the hook in terms of pricing, so it's tough. And, um, yeah, I don't know how many more you have, but I, I, you're talking about barbecue. It seems to me to be a nice segue to take a commercial break right now and talk a little bit about your past love of barbecue with your dear late husband and how your dining has changed a little bit since, um, since Rich passed away and, uh, and, you know, how you miss that with your with a lot of uh, sharing beer, your favorite beer houses. Um, and so you've had to find outlets uh, to, I don't think you're gonna replace that, but uh, to give you some of what, some of the things you used to enjoy. And uh, I wanna talk about that a little bit. But we're gonna take a break to talk about Ringside and I thought it would be nice, I know you're a Ringside fan, for you to do the segue into the commercial. Ringside was one, was our favorite steak restaurant in the whole area. So this first year without Rich, I took 
a couple of our dear friends to ringside for my anniversary and just had a delightful meal and you know I mean you can't think of you got people of different ages and different tastes and we're not all foodies but we all appreciate good food you know going to ringside is always an easy choice because you know you're going to get a fabulously prepared meal and also you're just going to get great service so it was an ideal evening out uh, also my niece wanted to take her daughter to a fancy restaurant for the first time and asked me for recommendations and so ringside was just the obvious choice you know wanted to take a kid for their first big fancy meal out it is was definitely a great choice for them Pausing just a moment here, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat here in Portland, an institution, a Portland institution, Ringside Steakhouse. And get excited because now Ringside is open seven days a week, so you can join them for indoor and heated patio dining any day of the week. The hours are Monday through Thursday, 5 to 9, Friday, 4.30 to 9.30, Saturday, 4 to 9.30, and Sunday, 4 to 9. So everything's closed. Close to the same, but go on Ringside's website to check out the updated hours and, of course, uh, see about their prime rib three-course $48 special that is moving back to its historic Monday. Yeah, that's really great. I, I, that's one of my favorite things to get at Ringside Steakhouse, so uh, you can put that back on the agenda for a Monday night. And... Prime ribeyes by the case are back at Ringside. Ringside signature steaks are for sale on the website right now. Uh, they're available for pickup on Saturday, June 18th, which is Father's Day weekend. Don't forget that. Mothers, other people, and fathers. And Chris, we should also point this out. Not only can you get their great steaks, but if you love the way Ringside seasons their steaks, you can actually pick up the Ringside Signature House seasoning as part of this. So do that I as well. Some ringside steak salt that I had from a, a pack of beautiful food that I served at a party at my house uh, not long ago, and that ringside salt, the the, the steak salt that yeah. they provided, is going to last me for a couple of years. I assume it's going to be good for that long. Very nice, it's you great. Can, you can put it on steaks, chops, chicken, and your vegetables. Why not? So make those reservations on the website. Check out the hours on the website, ringsidesteakhouse.com. All right, we're here. We're trying. We've had some technical problems this morning. Wendy, thank you so much for uh, bearing with us. We're here with Wendy Bumgardner, the patient. Uh, <laughs> the very patient Wendy Bumgardner, um, also known as at Loke of Oregon. And so, so let's just talk quickly about what you've been doing um, since or during the pandemic, I think we're coming out of it a little bit. You don't have to be as concerned with outdoor dining, although it's summer, so it's a good time to be doing some outdoor dining. Let's, let's talk about where things you've found along the way. Uh, well, you know, some, some of my favorite restaurants have in Portland have good outdoor dining as well. So Erdanetta, of course, our wonderful friends who host the Basque Country trip with with uh, going there for dining. I've actually dined indoors there and enjoyed it tremendously, but they do have outdoor seating as well. And uh, a place that I want to go back to is Gado Gado, which has great outdoor seating and they do the Indonesian rice toffle where 
you order it and they just cover the table with wonderful Indonesian plates of delicious food. It's just so magnificent. Love that so much. And I also went with friends to Magna, of course, Car Carla Lemagna's uh, wonderful Filipino restaurant and enjoyed the outdoor dining there quite a bit. Another place where you can just order, just go down the menu and order <laughs> tons of little things to share, little plates to share and enjoy really great food. He's done really well, and, you know, he got that Beard nomination, and he's doing some really uh, wonderful things with regard to, uh, you know, uh, new opportunities for people of color um, in dining. Um, they started, I think it's called Win Win, where, mm -hmm. and we want to talk to him about that as well. So, um, hey, speaking of Win Win, wasn't that nice that we had such an incredible time in Spain, finally being able to get overseas and so travel is a little different now because we all had a little bit of a challenge with having to get negative tests before we came back that presents a whole bevy of tra travel challenges that's gone now and so we'll be going to um italy sicily in a f in two months yeah we're working that trip out so we have a very small intimate nice group i think you and i represent 33% right now of the people going. And we have room. We'd love to have people join us. Um, but yeah, Sicily, you have, uh, this will be your third trip to Italy with us. You've done, wow, you've done two to Spain. Yeah. And this will be the third to Italy. Five Portland Food Adventures trips. Thank you. And what is it, since we have this opportunity now, if you were talking to friends and you wanted them to come along to Sicily, and you know Austria, you've been on a trip to Florence with her, um, what is it that you would tell them to encourage them to, uh, to consider a little trip to Sicily on sep starting September 16th? Well, I, I liked having a food-oriented tour, although it's not completely food-oriented. I mean, you definitely get to stay with your group. We just stay at beautiful, wonderful hotels and special venues like the Bass Trip staying at the castle in the countryside and in Florence we stayed at the wine estate in the countryside and plus the hotel we had was right next to the Ponte Vecchio you know you, you just can't do better than the accommodations and often being able to walk to where we're going for dinner and enjoying such a relaxing trip because you can chill out. Austria also provides a really good historical and, you know, gives a good background for a tour if you to learn more about the areas that you're in. So I really appreciate having her uh, be the guide for us in Italy. And just wonderful. And all different types of restaurants that we go to on your trips. It's not just fine dining, although I got to say, dining at one of the top 10 restaurants in the world you know, the two times that I went with you to, to Spain was definitely a draw. But also, we, had, we go out for tapas. We go to the little neighborhood places. We have wonderful, you know, dinners uh, along the coast or along the lakeshore or whatever. But just really, and, and what an awesome group we always have. It's just astonishing. That's my favorite part. 
I love the food. I love the, you know, exploring new cities. But my favorite part is how you make new friends. I mean, if you had a, if you had, if we had bad people with us, it wouldn't be as fun. But everybody, you know, gets uh, to the point where they're in making their own plans when we have a little downtime to do things together. And even we've seen it on many trips. People are friends back in Portland and become dining friends. We had. Uh, we had some folks on our first Barcelona trip who've done many worldwide adventures since they met on the trip. Yep, and I, I dine regularly with Penny, who was my roommate on the first trip to Barcelona, and we've got a, we've got a wine dinner scheduled coming up at the end of the month at Cafe Rowan, which uh, uh, just looks awesome. Their Instagram feed looks wonderful, and I believe one of your guests name-tagged them so that I definitely put them on my radar, so now I'll go enjoy one of their their wine dinners. So it's just so much fun. Um, I'm going to say thank you very much. You're enjoying a cup of coffee. Is it still hot over there? Are you able to? Have you been able to have one cup of hot coffee through this constant on and off of technical oh, problems? And, and and I bought this in Barcelona on our trip with Portland is Food that, Adventures. Is that from um, is that from the Sagrada Familia? Yeah. <laughs> Good. I have a coffee cup from the Sagrada Familia, too, and I love pulling it out because it reminds me of that. And that was one of our favorite trips. By the way, as long as we are actually still recording here, I was going to send you a note that Jose Chesa, who's no longer with us in Portland, but he's in New York, finally went to do the track, went to the track yesterday and enjoyed the little gift that you and some of our other um, you know, travelers bestowed upon upon him as a as kind of a thank you and a goodbye and a holy shit, what's been happening to you over the last year? Uh, a year or two ago, he finally went yesterday. I was concerned that he was he was too busy to go, but he sent me a really cool note uh, with pictures from the track and telling me how much he enjoyed it. So, thank you and everybody for that. That was really cool. That's so wonderful. They are such an awesome family, and I wish them all the best. And and now he's at a really fancy place over there in New York, and I may have to Blue Hill. make a trip. Yeah, yeah you can uh, find Blue Hill on Chef's Table. Um, they feature it, and he's the, I believe, last time I spoke with him, he was in charge. He was the catering chef there, which is a pretty big deal. So, and that yeah. that means that Blue Hill is in really good hands with Jose, one of my favorite people on the planet. So are you, and I. <laughs> I have to thank this podcast and also, you know, doing Portland food adventures. You go back, and I don't. We we've discussed it. We don't know how you found this back in September of 2010. But here you came and joined us on one dinner at Nostrana and kept coming, and we've been great friends, and I'm really glad that, that we built this podcast and that you're able to contribute on the podcast too. So thank you so much. And thank you again on top of it for putting up with the nightmare technical problems we had this morning. We're hoping that court can overcome them and we still get a nice podcast out of this too. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm very patient. They finally got my blinds on my patio working after I ordered them 11 months ago. <laughs> All right. Well, so this was only like 20 minutes of waiting yeah. and 
and sitting on your sitting at your office. So I hope it I hope it was worthwhile. And I think definitely think it's going to be helpful for a lot of listeners out there who would either live in Washington and want to know about the places that you have informed them about or people as you say who'd like to go for a nice walk in a nice place and enjoy some great meals. So uh, I thank you so much, and I also will say if anybody wants to join us again, go to portlandfoodadventures.com to look at that Sicily trip. We're only two months away. We made it, so I'll leave it to quite have a spot for you or two people. Um, we'll make it. We can make it work. We've, we've kind of finished two months in advance. We finish arrangements, but we can make it work for anybody who'd like to come. So thanks again, Wendy, and thank you for everything. I can never thank you mm-hmm. enough. Um, but thank you so much for joining us and, and, uh, and bes- give, uh, imparting your knowledge to our Right at the Fork listeners. Bye-bye. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. <laughs>